Hello, welcome back to Earth Like Heaven. My name is Doug Ressler, and joining me as always is my good friend... Robbie Sherry. And we're here to help you close the gap between heaven and earth in your life by learning to live like Jesus. You know, Robbie, one of the big questions that I think we often face in this life or that people have when they start to explore the Christian faith is what is the relationship between obedience and blessing? disobedience and cursing and what happens when they those things appear to be mixed up because the bible man there's all kinds of places in the bible you can go to where it 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 seems to say if you do this i will do this Mm -hmm. that's god speaking right Right. or if you don't do this i will do this right and it's not going to go well for you and then our life experience is such i think even biblically speaking again you can point to clear examples where it seems like bad people are getting ahead and good people are falling behind. And like, why are these bad things happening to these righteous people? And why are these evil things, you know, why are these good things happening to these unrighteous people? Like, what is going on here? Is God like, has he forgotten? Right. Like, what, 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 is, what is going on there? So from your perspective, as we start to like push into this a little bit, let's define some terms. Sure. Because I think that's an important place to start. And so... What is the blessing that God promises for those who obey him? I think that's, the defining of terms is so good. I remember, I remember thinking if I, if I pray hard enough, you know, eyes shut, fingers crossed, on mm-hmm. the knees, then I would get, you know, you skip over some of the, the subtle verses when God yeah. says, ask whatever you want in my name, you right. know, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find like, well, I asked Lord. Right. Right. And usually those prayers were for a girlfriend right. or a car right? <laughs> or right. that the Lord would show up and somehow manifest an A on the test that I hadn't studied Correct. for right. something like that. But if you look throughout scripture, like I'm thinking of when God speaks through Moses, and Moses goes and talks to the people of Israel. Uh, he talks about his presence going with them. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus' last words on earth, right? He, he has this magnificent statement, and I just, I picture all these people gathering around him, kind of going, oh my gosh, here's the guy that we saw hanging on a cross, and we watched him be placed in the tomb, and now he's here, and he says, that, you know, this line, all authority on yeah. heaven and earth has been given to me. Right. Basically, you cannot find a more powerful being right now. And then he has this, we call it the Great Commission, right? Yeah. Go and and tell people what I've taught you, baptizing them. Mm-hmm. And then it comes this big crescendo moment where you think he's going to say, and you will all receive everything your heart <laughs> desires. Right, right, right. And, and we'll is, live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the like sun Disney will princess. never set yes. on your empire. He says, right. I'll be with you always mm-hmm. until the end of the age. Like the big crescendo of the Great Commission mm-hmm. is if you do everything that I tell you, guess what? I'm going to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so the question I'd ask myself, and I think everybody has to ask themselves at some point is, is that enough? Yeah. Right. Is God's presence with us? Enough, because that's what the people of Israel got via the tabernacle, God tabernacling with them, Correct. right? Correct, yep, right. And then Jesus says, in your obedience, guess what? If you do this, you get my presence. And I mean, it's echoed in Psalm 23, like, I will be with you in the valley of the shadow of death. Right. And so you just have to look around and kind of go, so when God talks about obedience and then blessing, 
do we instantly go to, well, blessing means I get whatever I want. Or that blessing is a logical uh, uh, response to my goodness. Right. Right. I've, I've worked hard, therefore I've earned, therefore I deserve, therefore God's going to bless me. God's and on the hook. It, right. God is on the hook. We put God on the hook. Right. And it, it is interesting to me that there's a distinction in my mind between God's blessing and, God, and, the, and the benefits God's right. be, like the benefits of a life lived for God. Like I think when I read like passages like the the one out of Deuteronomy or other places where there's a clear if then if you do this then I will do this if you do this then I will do this. I, I think it's it seems to me that there is a di- God God is making it very clear there's going to be a direct benefit to us materially, socially, intellectually, emotionally, you name it. There's going to be a material benefit to us for pursuing this life that God has called us to. Right. But I would make a distinction between that material benefit and the blessing because none of what Deuteronomy is talking about, none of where the all the other places in the Bible where it talks about obedience and blessing, it, it the, the fundamental under, assumption that undergirds that whole conversation that we often lose sight of is the fact that Israel is in relationship with God. Right. That's the primary blessing that they've received. And then as they obey God in relationship to him, these benefits accrue. That's why I think you see, like, I think you do see, like, people who don't know Jesus, who pursue a life that maybe looks a lot like Jesus. Right. And they experience material benefit from that. Right. Because it's a good way to live. It's right. the best way to They're live. They're hardworking individuals. That's right. They're generally honest. That's right. And the world recognizes those things. And honors that, right? In the same way that the opposite is true, right? I mean, if you choose not to follow the way of Jesus, if you're going to disobey him, you're not going to be honest. You right. know, you're going to be angry all the time. You're going to be bitter all the time. You're going to be, uh, you, you know, pick your thing, lying all the time, stealing all the time, all the things that the Bible tells you not to do. If you're, if you're, if you're going to do all of those things that you should not do, then there is going to be material curses that come into your life. Sure. Because that kind of lifestyle typically, even in non-Christian circles, just isn't rewarded. Right. And we see, I mean, I don't think it's it's impossible to see people who aren't following Jesus, who are living in abject rebellion against him, to, from our perspectives, see little blips mm-hmm. of delight and happiness. Yeah. And I mean, it's Solomon and Ecclesiastes who would say, yeah, ultimately those things have no meaning. They're, they're, That's exactly right. They might yeah. get the promotion or they right. might get the great car, whatever it is that our... Right. Our heart is longing for them mm-hmm. to go, what? And we, we how, how come, Lord? Like, right. why? Right. But ultimately, we don't see inside their mind or their, their heart when, when the world's not watching. Right. We see this, this weird facade and think, man, they're getting blessed and they're living right. in this horrible life. Yeah. Here I am trying to obey. Where are my blessings that God promises? And so that, that fallacy that God's a vending machine, right. that, hey, if I... If I put in enough time at church, I volunteer, I you know tithe, I do these things, then how come I'm not getting what I want? Or the fallacy of I'm, I'm doing good, I'm being a good person, I should get good stuff, or if I'm doing too much wrong, then, mm-hmm. I get, then I'm deserving the bad that I get, so I've got to somehow equal out karma right. scales or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And, and when you start 
when you really start to reframe this whole conversation and make that distinction between the blessing and the benefit, then what you realize very quickly is that even when ungodly people appear to experience a lot of benefit in their life, it never is enough. Right. It never is enough. And when godly people who may not experience material benefit in their life, they may they may never experience those things. Some of the most godly people I know on the face of the planet are some of, among the most desperately poor. For sure, instance. sure. Right? They don't seem to lack anything because God is enough. Right. They don't need the benefits. The benefits might come, the benefits might go, but they don't really need the benefits because the blessing, the blessing is, is enough. Right. God's presence is enough. And I think that's a really critical distinction as we start to think about these things, especially from a biblical perspective, especially when you go back into Israel's history and all these laws are laid down. And, and they're laws that are very confusing to us today because they were really built for an ancient sure. Near East culture and not from a 21st century American culture. So they get very confusing. It's laws about what to eat, what to wear, who to be with, business practices, governmental practices, ceremonial worshiping practices. Year of Jubilee. Right, all of yes. these kinds of things. And we're like, these seem so strange to us yeah. and un- unreasonable to us. And yet it's, it's, these are the things that God is saying to his people. Obey these things. And you'll be blessed. Disobey these things, and you will be cursed. Right. Um, and so, how do you, as you think about Israel, mm-hmm. and you think about how she navigated these waters? What What do you think an Israelite, if they were, you know, an ancient Israelite, if they were joining this podcast, sure. what would they tell us? Do you think? I think, frustratingly, they would probably, if they're honest. Mm-hmm. I think you said something earlier that's that's true. It's almost like our vision becomes clearer in retrospect mm-hmm. when it comes to recognizing obedience, blessing, mm-hmm. disobedience, cursing. But you see with Israel when they when they do obey, there seems from our perspective, when we read it, we go, Man, why wouldn't you just stay on that path right there? Totally. I mean, it's going fantastic for you. I mean, look at everything. And then when they disobey you know, I'm thinking of when, when they're preparing to go into the promised land. I mean, in, in Joshua, it's very clear, right? Like God goes, all right, Joshua, you're the man now. Uh, first city, uh, you got Jericho. Mm-hmm. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but you're going to march around this thing. Right. Being led by the right. band, bro. Right. And they're going to play some trumpets. You guys are going to dance the Macarena. And you're going to do this thing a couple of times. And the last time, you're going to do it seven times. Well, this is quite the image in my and, head. This is reframing how I think about... And once the Macarena reaches its crescendo... How I think about Jericho and Joshua. Right? You, I mean, at some level, if they're doing the Macarena, you know that the people of Jericho are like, fine, enough, right, just right. take our city already. Right, right. Going, we'll knock down our own walls right, just to exactly. get you to stop. They pull them in right. themselves. Yeah, 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 so I mean, right. they obey... Maybe that this, is what happened. <laughs> Your dancing is so bad. <laughs> Please make it stop. That's exactly. <laughs> Walls For come God's down. sake, yeah. <laughs> they, so they, they, you know, annihilate the city, which is part of God's plan. He's saying, hey, when you go into this land mm-hmm. that I've prepared for you, you know, drive out everybody, all these things. Don't intermarry with them. Don't worship their gods. It goes great. And then you've got Achan, who, right. who takes just like a couple of things mm-hmm. that our world would consider benefits. Right, right, right. right. And then they go on to Ai, this next puny little city, and mm-hmm. they get their heinies kicked. And they, they sit there going like, well, I don't understand. Right. And Joshua goes before the Lord, and you know they kind of reveal that this guy disobeyed him. But you would think that an ancient Israelite would go, guys, I just had an idea. <laughs> 
when we obey God, no matter how ridiculous it seems to our earthly minds, things seem to go well. And when we Mm -hmm. disobey, things seem to go poorly. But like us, I mean, it's so easy to point the finger at the Mm -hmm. ancient Israelites, right? We do the same thing. Yeah, of course we do. Of course we do. And and we get, I think, tangled up in the same way because Israel will move, you know, go on from Joshua. You get into the kings, right? And one of the things that you see come up over and over again, like in the kings, uh, whether it's the northern kings or the southern kings, right, is they want to be like the other nations. Right. Meaning that they're looking around at the other nations, just like we look around at our neighbors. Right. And they're like, well, you know, that nation over there, they've got that, that stuff. And that nation over there seems to have you know, that stuff or more stuff or uh, or that nation over there seems to have more territory, more power, more authority, whatever it might be. And I want to be just like these other nations. And so I'm going to start to act like these other nations, which in, in means I'm going to lose what it means to be part of the people of God. We're going to lose our distinctiveness. We're going to lose the, the fact right. that we're set apart. We're going to kind of put aside God's law in order to compromise and and become like these other nations in order to accrue power and wealth and privilege and these kinds of things. And it every time goes wrong. Right. Every single time. And yet you see the same pattern repeated over and over again, which which has to beg the question for me. It's these are these are not dumb people. No, they they're can't not be. Stu- they're they're right. normal people. They're people just like me. Right. So wh- there's something, a rational process that's going on inside their brains that makes them want to choose the path that the world is calling them to versus the path that the God benefit is over the blessing. To. And so I think it does go back to this benefit and blessing, right? They're willing to sacrifice the blessing in order to gain the benefits. Right. And, and that I think is ultimately where God brings us back to is to say, no, don't, don't do that. Don't be confused. Right. Well, we do that all the time, so. even in our own lives, right? We, we want to, push up as close to the line as possible mm-hmm. as our neighbor. Right. And we want to look like them, act like them, mm-hmm. watch the same shows as them, listen to the same music, dress like them, drive right. like them, everything like them, but right. in the name of Jesus. Right. We want to throw a little right. Jesus. We want to throw a little Jesus, Jesus in there. Yeah. It's like the, the secret sauce. That, that is. You know, that's right. At the very end, ingredient go, that no one knows you know, about. praise his name. If you that's drop right. that at the end of that's some right. things, that's you're right. like, yeah. Yeah. thanks be yeah. to God, something in like Jesus that. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Then you sound a little bit more holy, even though cognitively we have to recognize that there are times in our lives that when we do obey God, even when it seems asinine, when it just seems to go against everything in our intellect in terms of, wait, 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 that doesn't follow the the Mm -hmm. pattern. And we emerge on the other side and retrospectively go, wow, that was a time of growth. Like, I love it when I hear people say, if I never would have, Mm -hmm. then today I wouldn't be. Mm. You know, that that sort of line from a Christian perspective is a sign of growing maturity of sort Mm -hmm. of this faith history. Like, if I had not have been fired from my job. Yes, right. If... Uh, I didn't break my leg that year. Mm-hmm. If I didn't, this thing that they're recognizing that the time was really difficult, but they kept their eyes on, on God and on his presence and on obedience, then some point in the future, they look back on that and go, wow, that was a rich time. Like what a, mm. what a blessed time. Well, in that respect, you're talking about like, kind of like the dynamic in Joseph's life, right? Right. Joseph experiences all these things that we would say are not good things. They're they're negative things. I'm, I'm pretty sure he probably things. thought they were pretty he bad. Probably thought they were the time pretty bad too. At the time too. Like, accused but of then rape. Looking back <laughs> at the end of his life, he says, Yeah, what you intended for evil, God turned to good. Yeah. Right? There's this sense in which 
because God was with him in the prison and God was with him when he was awaiting potential execution and God was with him when he was thrown into the pit by his brothers sold into slavery like God was with was him every day. step yeah that's a bad day right when you're yeah when your own family like yeah we're going to sell you into slavery dude you know and even that was like a blessing right that was like a mercy <laughs> right. because originally it was like we're going to kill, kill this guy right yeah. you know so do you no, ever look in the mirror and go, make a little money a, a bad day yeah. and Joseph whispers do you go um gotcha did your brothers try to right, kill you right. and then sell you as a slave and then <laughs> Yeah. Tell your dad that you were murdered by an animal. And by the way, here's your sweet Patagonia. <laughs> your sweet Patagonia. Multicolored Patagonia. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Only available yeah. online. To that's very true. People with the secret code. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's a good perspective. I mean, it, you know, Joseph had that perspective and he was able right. to look back and then his brothers come and he's like, you know, he's forgiven them and, and all of those kinds of things. And it really is, it really is striking. And he's not the only one. You see that right. happen throughout the scriptures, you see that happen in so many stories, right? As the people of God. And the only way they're able to do that is because, again, they maintain that distinction between the benefits and the blessing of God present. They don't get that part confused. They keep that distinction. And I think Mm. that that's healthy and I think that's good. And so we have the blessing. We understand it's a part of God's presence. Then we get to the benefits and we start to say, okay, yeah, it makes sense that if you were to do life God's way, that it would result in material blessing or intellectual blessing or sure. let's, I'm sorry, let me keep my terms straight. If we're going to do life God's way, it makes sense. It would result in material benefit, right? Intellectual benefit, emotional benefit, relational benefit. Like I'm going to do these things. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to walk with integrity. Right. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be a hard worker. I'm going to do everything I do for the glory of God. Like I'm going to do all of those things. And as you do all of those things, whether it's in your marriage or your family or your workplace or at school, wherever it is that life finds you, it makes sense then that there will be this material benefit. It also makes sense to me that if you choose not to do any of those things, you're, or you choose the opposite. I'm going to lie and I'm going to cheat and I'm going to steal and I'm going to do all that stuff. Um, it makes sense to me that there will be ma- material curses. Right. I would agree. Uh, you know, that, that in generally speaking, not in every case, because we all know people that cheat and get ahead and we all know people that do bad things and get ahead and all that kind of stuff, or at least in our heads we think they're getting ahead. I was going to say. Dep- but, dep- <laughs> but I think in general, you live that way the curses start to become pretty evident in your life. Absolutely. You know, your marriage breaks up, your family blows apart, your business fails, you know. The you actually that, don't have friendships. That's right. The people that, you know, everybody feels taken advantage by you, so you, right. you're, you're pretty lonely. There's a lot of material curses that arise as a result of pursuing a life, again, in direct opposition to Jesus. Right. And the people of Israel saw that too. Mm-hmm. Right? For this sure. king did good in the eyes of the Lord. All of these things happened. These king did bad in the eyes of the Lord, and all these things happened. And there was a sense in which, as the kings did what you know God told them to do, as they obeyed, that accrued material benefits for all of Israel, or it accrued material curses on top of all of Israel. Again, depending on which way they chose to go. It'd be a bummer if Josiah was your king, right? And your things are right. going great. And oh then, man, why do you think we call Jeremiah the weeping prophet? Because right. Jeremiah started his prophetic career under Josiah. And again, things are going great. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. And then he dies. And, yeah. And Jeremiah's like, what just He dies of a, a brilliant death, by the way. So he does the whole, I'm going to send my army to the, totally, to the battle yeah, yeah. and secretly I'm going to join them in battle. That's I right, mean, that's come right. on, you want to follow right. that king. But his grandkids are probably going, what the heck? Yeah, right. 
And I got this Yahoo King. Right. That's right. And I got to fall under the curse that's, that's right. coming because of his disobedience. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think there's so much to be learned there from mm-hmm. my own, my own contentment with stuff because I do have a propensity to just look to the right and look to the left right, mm-hmm. and go, okay, where do I line up in this? Mr. Smith and Mrs. McAllister. Yes. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Neighbors from, with yes. two different last names. Yes. 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 <laughs> Finally, the McAllisters yeah, yeah. make an appearance. Yeah. What, yeah we yeah. look, we always right do choose left. Smith and we should choose like McAllister or. Yeah. You know. A lot of Smiths in therapy going, gosh, it seems like everybody talks about me. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I always the yeah. example? And Joneses are next door good. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, we hear you. We hear you. Meanwhile, the McAllisters, <laughs> the McAllisters are like, like yeah, yeah, no one mentions us. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But so we're going to mention them on this podcast. I you. look to my right, I, I see <laughs> Mr. McAllister. Right. I look to my left, and I see Mrs. McIntyre. Yes. Uh, and I'm like, why do they have... Yeah, those are two godly families right yes, there, just because of right. their last names. Of their last names, sure. <laughs> no, why? we look to that, and yeah. we go, where, where do I line up in this sort of right. race? of life rather than stopping and going is jesus enough mm-hmm. right i mean right with the talents that he's given me yeah. am i using those for his great glory and my ultimate good and the question to ask ourselves in the mirror is mm-hmm. is he enough if this is as good as it gets mm-hmm. for me on earth right am i satiated yeah. in the personal work of jesus christ and the answer for the christian needs to be yeah even though it's very difficult it needs to be yes, and I would even, let's take it even a step further. Even if I don't receive any material benefits yes. in this life, like I get no eschatological goodies, like they're all gone, Right? is God still enough? Or is my relationship with God dependent upon the material or intellectual or emotional or spiritual things that he gives me? I mean, that's a real challenging question. I mean, that's ultimately, I think, what's at the heart of like the book of Job, for instance. Right. Like strip everything away, and is God still God? Is he still worthy of worship? You know, those kinds of things. And I think that's a really challenging thought for us, because ultimately, I think what Job's being challenged by there is, again, to make this distinction between, you know, you did, you lived this life of integrity, Job, and the blessing you got was this unique relationship with God that right. seemingly like no one else had around yeah. you. Right? That's the blessing you got. I mean, when you have like the Lord of the universe up in heaven bragging on you to Satan, like, yeah. hey man, have you considered my servant Robbie? Yeah. That's pretty a, that's, pretty yeah. sweet deal, you know. I mean, like that's a that's a big deal. Now, whether you know Job was historic or that's an allegory or whatever, I think the point holds true. If like you have the kind of relationship with God where that that is evident, yeah. You've experienced the blessing. The material things, as Job himself says, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord, right? I mean, like these things come and go. And even though he grieves, like the loss of his children, the loss of his possessions, the loss of all of that kind of stuff, he understands that there's something bigger at work here. Blessed is the name of the Lord. He is still resting on the blessing of God's presence in his life, even though his health is going to get taken away. His things are going to get taken away. His family's going to blow apart. Like so many things are going to happen. Friends are going to be punks to him. Friends are going to be punks. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need any more of Job's friends. Seriously. If you're Job's friend out there. Yeah. Saying curse God and die to somebody. That's right. I want to check yourself, bro. Yeah, probably not the best advice ever. Yeah. Actually, I think that came from his wife. Right. And I used to like sort of like look at Job's wife and be like, what's wrong with her? Get on board. Obviously not thinking 
not even not even trying to put myself in, in her, her perspective. Shoes, yeah. And I mean, think about yeah, like I mean, she's being really raw there. She's being very just as real as Job. You know, yeah. this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I, we, we just lost all our kids. We just lost all our grandkids. Yeah, we lost everything in the a house. moment. Yep. And and she's kind of like an innocent bystander in the whole thing. She's this casualty of this again grand sort of bet between God and Satan. Again, it's. It, the, the book itself has got allegorical pieces and who sure, knows how much sure. of it actually is happening in real time or what have you. But the point is, is that it's very real for her. And again, she's pressing the same question, right? Her comments right. press the same question. Is that why do I love God? Is it because of all the things I get, you know, including eternity with him? Mm-hmm. Or is God worthy and is God enough just in and of himself? I think if we can fundamentally answer that question, I think everything else kind of falls into place for us, just like it did, I think, for Job. And it's not because at the end of the story, he gets like it all back. Sure. It's not like that makes up for his loss. Right. He still is a broken, grieving man for what he has lost. Yes, he gains at the end, but that doesn't, there is no one to one replacement there. There never is. Right. You know, and so, so. So again, you come back to it, it's like, wow, okay, if I really press this question deep enough and far enough as a believer in Jesus Christ, if I really believe God is enough, then whether the material blessings are there, not there, it, it can come and go. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because I'm not really thinking about them. Those right. things I'm that's thinking the about Jesus. That's the freedom. That's right. Right. The yeah. freedom. And that's why you can go around the world free. and you can meet people in some of the most desperate conditions who are some of the most free people you've ever met. Right. And they're not faking it. At all. No, they're not putting on a show just because you're American. Right. I mean, I've been I've been in these places and right. I've seen the freedom. And I they're I mean, I crave the freedom that they have experienced because I don't have that freedom. I don't live as freely as they so do. So good. And it's really amazing. So yeah. Well, Robbie, thanks. Uh, when we come back next time, we'll be talking about how does all of this translate then into the 21st century? What does actual obedience and faithful obedience look like in the 21st century for you and for me? I mean, back in Israel's days, it was about, you know, the food you ate and the clothes you wore and some of those kinds of things. That's not not true for us today. So what does that look like? And uh, it'll be great to explore that a little bit. So thanks as always to Jake and Billy, our guys behind the glass, making us sound so good. Please keep listening as we dive deeper into what it means to follow Jesus. We'd love your comments, love your reviews on whatever platform you choose to listen to these podcasts. Subscribe to stay tuned as we release more episodes in the weeks ahead. Uh, We'll look forward to talking to you next time.